Welcome to episode number 211 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. Uh, we are recording August the 13th, 2023. My name is Eric, host of the show based in Southern Ontario, a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. So first responder, witness, and over-reliance on emergency services during major events. Started a small preparedness company to get people better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. And I'm the Frugal Gunny. I recently moved to Northern Ontario, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. An off-gridder, a shooter, hunter, fisher, gatherer, trapper type, and a generalist. And I only recently came to accept that I'm a prepper. And you see Melissa chirping us in the chat already. Yay. It's going to be one of those nights. That's awesome. <laughs> if you want to help support the show, keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air. You can buy some swag. We've got the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch available at prepperpodcast.ca. All the proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled, and they give Melissa somewhere to come and chirp us on Sundays. <laughs> and if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, whether good or bad, or just if there's a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some uh, switching content for you in this episode. We'll uh, start off with some recent news articles. We'll update you on our personal preps, and then we're going to get into the main topic. We're talking about gear swap over for the impending uh, winter season that's coming up. Yes, I said it, and it's August. Oh, yes. <laughs> Somebody had to. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All right, so moving into the news. Got a quick uh, article here from... Uh, cabinradio.ca and it talks about a hay river region told to evacuate as a northwest territories descends in the crisis is the uh, the title of the article uh, and it's talking about some wildfires in regards to uh, that area and this is actually the eighth time that the northwest territories community has been ordered to leave uh, because of wildfire this summer that's a lot of times to be told to evacuate wow um <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to imagine what it's like to do that. I, yeah. Wow. Um, I imagine I have it eight times. Live, like, yeah. Do you start to live lightweight? Um, what do you do? I don't know. Yeah. yeah like it's, you're just kind of getting, Oh yeah. Like you're just kind of settling into to home life again. And then you're told to pack up and get, get out. Um, it's the second time that Hay, Hay river has been uh, evacuated since May. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, talk about back-to-back evacuations. That's uh, that's a tough go, I feel, for them. Yeah, that's uh, that's tricky. But just kind of brings home the whole wildfire episode that uh, we did a few episodes ago. And just, again, the whole uh, kind of points out the fact that it's happening. And it's happening in Canada. And, you know, it could happen really anywhere. So Does it ever? But, but eight times. I thought that was... Uh, that's a lot. So I figured this would be a good article to, to bring in just to open everybody's eyes to the fact that it, it can happen multiple times and we're not talking just <laughs> once or twice, uh, eight in the season. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. If, if yeah. any of you uh, of our listeners are out there from that way out, please let us know how, how that is and how you're all doing. Um, eight evacuations i'm trying to imagine yeah. that's like wow yeah i couldn't imagine and i see uh pierre has jumped into <laughs> the, the comments as well it's gonna be one of those nights and uh i run i run the show and i decided to make the start time uh 906 instead of nine o'clock so we were not late we were actually right on time pierre so there you go 
<laughs> All right, let's move into what we've done lately for prep, shall we? Good call. I'll let you go first, Kenny. All right. Well, I've been doing all kinds of gear changeover. Um, managed to get a trip up uh, to the cabin and uh, spotted a couple of necessaries. Essentially, uh, we're going to be talking tonight a little bit about that gear changeover, so I'll get into more detail with that in a bit. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is I'm helping out a friend with a solar setup. Uh, and that's nice. uh, been a lot of fun. Uh, we spent uh, a good few days up there in the bush uh, just working on his newly acquired cabin. So building a wall, building a bunk, building some storage in. And uh, we had uh, this really, actually, I believe it was him who had the great insight. He said, uh, if you want, you want, you can get started building this solar setup and just put it all on a piece of uh, board. And then when we're done, we'll just put the board up and screw it on the wall. And I thought, that is brilliant. So I could just sit there on the ground. And so uh, in the comfort of... Uh, a fully mosquito protected environment uh, <laughs> with music and coffee and lighting. I was able to go ahead and uh, build his circuits up. <clears throat> and so I've uh, taken a little photo of that. Uh, but uh, nice. next time we're able to, I want to be uh, starting to do some filming up there. It's just a beautiful area. There's natural spring behind there. So I've been helping him up up there. And I'm also doing turnover of truck gear. Um, uh -huh. That's all in line with what we're going to be talking about tonight. So I'm going to keep Look at that. that for the main topic. Awesome. Ah, for myself, uh, yeah, it's been work and then more work, a little bit more work and then work. It's uh, It's been a little bit uh, all-consuming for the last week and a bit, but uh, it is what it is. I was able to sneak a little bit of uh, time today to, uh, to get the uh, ham radio set up little bit more power so we've got an amplifier all set up here now so i made contact with a, a local ham here and got chatting and uh, next thing i knew i've got a box of parts at the door and uh, an amplifier on the desk so that happens when you start talking to fellow hams all of a sudden they're like hey i've got this here you go so what a can, great uh, community oh yeah it's fantastic and just uh yeah, I picked it up from actually a ham in the area that I hadn't talked to before and was willing to uh, just make contact through one that I have talked to and was willing to sit me down and show me how to use it and how to operate it and walk me through everything and even said, you know what, you got problems or questions down the road, just call me up and I'll help you out with it. So it was, it was fantastic. And now I can get all the FARs. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll have to do another episode uh, down the road once I get this thing actually figured out. Uh, we'll do another uh, ham radio episode and we'll fire it up and and show all the fires on a on another live stream of hf so that was fun the last episode that was a lot of fun it was a great introduction i've got my book here handy i was showing it to you earlier uh, there yeah. but uh i'm looking forward to doing another dive into it uh as i read further in so i'll be looking forward yeah. to that episode that'll be good this this thing will do about six to eight hundred watts right now if i do some updates to it and and throw a couple of bucks into it it could go up to about a kilowatt to a kilowatt and a half so that's a we can lot. push some real power with it if uh, if i want to go down some rabbit holes and of course i do so yeah. we'll see we'll see what happens down the road but More rabbit holes we'll, we'll keep her low power for now until uh, and by low power i mean about 800 watts so it's not actually low power but uh, we'll, we'll keep her a bit lower until i get comfortable with it and then maybe i'll start tinkering oh very nice 
Hey, I want to give a little shout out here to Dave uh, on our chat. He says, uh, an African colleague once told me, you are never late, only delayed. I like that. I'm stealing that. That's good. That's good. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to steal that and I'm running with it. There we go. So (laughs) so take that, Melissa and Pierre. (laughs) (laughs) With that, uh, what we move into the main topic. So like we kind of alluded to, we were looking at uh, doing a little bit of a talk and we do this every year in and around this time, sometimes more into September versus uh, August, but we figured we'd, uh, we'd talk about gear swap and just getting ready for, uh, for moving over into a new season because it's coming and it's coming quick. So we're, we're going from the nice warm weather to uh, the fun-filled, cold, dreary, snow-filled weather. Someone had to say it. It's, it's coming. Just, just accept it. So, so we figured we'd do a little bit of talk. We might do another one later on down the road as we get closer, but we wanted to get everybody's mind started to think about the fact that old man winter's coming the snow and the slush and the sleet and all that fun is going to be here before you know it. Uh, so we wanted people to kind of start putting their mind to the fact that we've got to maybe start at least thinking about what we want to do with our stuff, thinking about how we want to switch our kits over uh, and, and how we need to get our, you know, our residences ready and, and our, our place of living, wherever it may be uh, ready for that switch, because uh, like I said, it's coming quick. So that's, uh, that was the idea for tonight. And see, we've got some people in the live chat as well. So uh, feel free to jump in and throw your ideas out there as well, because it helps kind of drive the conversation. So Yes, and a peanut gallery is always interesting and entertaining too. It is, yes. Yep. So feel <laughs> free. <laughs> uh, but like I said, it's uh, we're going from warm weather, right? So you're, you're used to carrying right now you know, some, some light clothing, uh, maybe a light jacket or something like that, because even the evenings are fairly warm and we're moving back into that scenario where you're bringing some bulkier stuff with you, right? You're bringing the, the bigger jackets, you're wearing a bigger jacket most likely as well, which means you can carry more things, which is nice. But on the, the other side of it, when you're carrying gear, uh, bulkier stuff, so bigger packs, uh, takes up more room, right? It's uh, you, you've now gotten used to the last couple of months of carrying less. It's time to get back from that mindset of carrying not necessarily more, but bulkier. Definitely. Uh, there was a saying that I remember back when I wore green, you're carrying light, you're probably not going to live long uh, in mm. the cold. So we're not yet in that bitter cold, but yep. we're already in that period where if you're out by a campfire uh, in the mid, mid-August, like we are now, out yep. by a campfire in the middle of uh, the night, say 11 midnight, it starts to get cool enough that if you're in shorts and t-shirt, your teeth are going to chatter yep. um, and you might need to start putting on layers. So I've already had to do that a couple of times, pull out the, the odd sweater and, and the heavier pants. So absolutely, you, you've got the, the clothing changeover. But what I've noticed also is that when my pack gets heavier, I also like to have heavier footwear. Um, so I have better uh. support when I'm carrying all that weight around. Good call. Yep. Swap the sandals for boots. That's right. Sandals switch yeah. over to boots. Um, and I'll normally keep uh, a set of sandals or something as a backup in the truck in case I ever get a, a foot soak. Uh, Cause that's always fun. Uh, but uh, definitely you start looking at your, your layers getting changed uh, or adding to them. It's still that awkward time when you might be cool enough in the morning where you need that sweater and maybe even a light jacket on. 
But by three in the afternoon, if you're on the go and moving too, uh, you're now sweating and wishing you were in shorts and a t-shirt. So it's an awkward time of the year when your pack is unusually heavy and you're wearing stuff just for short periods of time when you're in the outdoors. Yeah, or you could just be like Dave in the live chat and mention the fact that we just moved to Kentucky. We've still got temps in the 80s this week. And we could very well hit that too. We could start out cold morning and then by uh, by the afternoon, all of a sudden it is hot again and you're, you're right down the shorts and the t-shirt. And then in the evening, you're right back into uh, long sleeves and jeans again because uh, the 80 has dropped. So... Uh, you know what? I would take just the 80 all the way around uh, all season, but doesn't happen here. No, no. We, we get uh, that nice little dynamic four seasons business happening that mm-hmm. uh, a lot of our American friends uh, also experience. So they know this is true. That. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Darius has a good point in the, in the live chat as well. This is uh, rather than worry about heavier footwear, just switch the footwear with better support. Well, in actuality, that's, that's what I've been kind of doing um i usually have a couple of pieces of footwear in the truck and mm-hmm. if any of you are listening in by now you probably know i i my truck is my mobile base um and so i usually keep a couple of different pairs of footwear in there yep. so that when we get those heavy swings and temps if it's just stifling i can get into sandals um and uh the other thing i keep in there is my hiking boots so when i am carrying heavier gear or in the rockier, heavier terrain. I like wearing those. I like having that support, Um, but just hanging around in the city, visiting friends in their backyards, you know, that's sandal type stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And my gosh, you got some serious temps areas. (laughs) 29 degrees. That's Celsius. 29 Celsius. That is. But it was 14 this morning. He says. About 14 yeah so that's a 15 celsius swing that's pretty high um nope. it's a big enough swing that it's difficult to have one item of clothing for the entire day unless you're just wearing light wool and it's nope. all light wool <laughs> yeah and that's why we said this time of year is just almost impossible to plan for because yeah. We just saw it there with Darius's example of, of the different temperatures at his place and how big the swing is. You could pack your go bag or your get home bag or your bug out bag or whatever you want to call it, thinking that it's going to be 14 all day and it, they need some warm clothes, like warmish clothes, right? And then all of a sudden you, you get smack dab in the middle of the day and you're up to, you know, 20, 25, 29 going. Hmm. <laughs> the clothes I packed are not going to help me. They're going to make this situation worse. So it's uh, yeah, it's just it is a very interesting time of year, and I always find it uh, fun to plan for this kind of dynamic because you just you almost can't. Right? You're just going to overpack, and you have way too much stuff. It's uh, it's a tricky time of year. It's very true. Um, I'm considering changing up this year all of my base layers and it's interesting that Darius is mentioning that's the very same thing um, in the past um, I was wearing a lot of synthetic base layers and I had a mixture of very thin ones for uh, you know down to minus 10 minus 15 if you're on the go and moving you don't want a heavy heavy layer on there you just want a thin layer and it was typically polypro but we're talking like 90s tech right and so right. for 
you know, for those of you listening in, you know that's really old when it comes to base layers. <laughs> so uh, today we have all these really nice uh, high-tech uh, merino thin layers. Uh, there's a number of different brands out there. Smart is one of them. There's a few others. Uh, and the beautiful thing about those is they pack really lightly and small and compact compared to some of the other base layers I'm used to having, uh, like Polar Tech type um layers those are really thick and really heavy and i find that a, a wool a thin wool is probably going to breathe a lot better for uh, the active individual who might switch between being active and not so active and on a very hot day that's the difference between getting really soaked in sweat and being mm. uncomfortable and not and um yeah that's that's funny time of the year where it'll get really hot and then we get really cold yep. so there's this advice to uh, have multiple layers and that's that's something i do um lately what i'm carrying is a thin sweater in the pack and then i will have lightweight breathable pants and jacket uh that i can quickly toss on if there's a heavy rain because we've been hit with some uh, pretty pretty heavy rains while i was out and about in the bush so i was really grateful to have those lightweight <laughs> layers throw those on uh, if they're in your go bag, you know, a day where you get soaked and you might be miserable, not a big deal because you had your rain gear with you, right? So yep. um, it's that time of the year where you just want to have access to them, but you don't want to have too much because it just gets really out of hand. Um, so it's that time of the year where I still have some mosquito gear around, but I don't have any mm -hmm. bug juice around. Right. Um, I won't have the mosquito coils. Um, don't really need a thermosel anymore because, yep. um, you know, you can tell me that you're all tough and coat yourself with mud every time you go outside, right on. You're hardcore. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But I'm not like that. Um, nope. I can. I know I can, but I prefer to be comfortable and mm -hmm. also be presentable when and if I come out of the bush and I need to go to the store and <laughs> deal with people. Right. Because uh, they might look at you funny if you came out full of mud. So there's certain solutions that are really great, but not practical. Uh, so this is one of those things where if you're living in Canada, you're out in the bush, you got to deal with bugs. You can have a little bit of gear with you, or you can have a lot, depending on what you do. I typically have a lot because I'm doing all kinds of stuff at any time of the year. But it's that time of the year now where I can start to scale it back. I can keep a little bug net for my right. head. Uh, and because I have longer layers that are breathable, we're good, right? So there's yep. different ways to cope with minimizing your gear. Um, because you're taking on other gear, I like to scale back on anything that I can get rid of. Right. Um, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of summer stuff that I will be getting rid of um, completely. This is the pack gets bigger and heavier and gets swapped out. So uh, I'm sure you find the same thing with yours. Yeah, I find things uh, things definitely shift around. The clothing is always the tricky thing to to kind of get your head wrapped around. And no matter what you do, no matter what you pack, you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> because that's just the way Mother Nature goes, right? She knows what you packed, so she just throws something else at you that, uh, that you weren't ready for. And you're never going to get it right. So just nope. try to pack what you think is right and then just laugh at yourself when you find out you're wrong. And just be thankful. At least you got something with you that you can use to, to get out of whatever situation you're in. And 
yeah, if you're, you're soaking wet, you've got, you know, you change into something that's a little bit warmer. Well, at least you're dry. You're going to be a little extra warm, but at least you're dry, right? Exactly. Um, it's I see a little bantering back and forth in the live chat here amongst uh, a couple of panelists that uh, were not on this evening. And uh, just going to point out that uh, Pierre is giving uh, Darius a bit of a rough time about uh, not using his cell phone to hop in today on the, on the, the show. Um, Pierre, you're also using a phone. It, it would work on your phone as well. And we can't uh, help but notice you are not here as well. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I believe the pot might be calling the kettle black. Yes. Yeah. Just figured I'd call you out on that. Possibly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's look at some other things. We focus pretty, uh, pretty intensely on clothing, which is a big part of, of the whole switchover. But, um, and, and, and as a reminder, if, if I can interrupt you for a second of course. Here, bud, and be rude. Um, why is clothing so important? We talk about the rules of threes, right? Mm -hmm. I can go three hours in environmental situations. So in a rainfall, I can go hypothermic after three hours being in the rain. If I get soaked in a, a cold river, uh, I can get ill and get very sick within three mm -hmm. hours. If I don't take care of that hypothermia, um, I can go three days without water those three days will be very uncomfortable and horrific if you get to day three, but you can go three days and yep. you can go three weeks without food. So priority is definitely weather. Um, and unless you're carrying a rolling shelter with you at all times, you should probably be dressed in some way, shape or form for the environmental conditions. So that's the end that's of that. Fair. So let's, <laughs> let's consider what is important for the clothing. Um, yep. Well, it's because it's an odd time of the year. And yep. so if you're not ready for the environmentals, you can mess yourself up. If it's uh, a 25 degree swing, like I saw earlier today, I was out yep. in just jeans and jean pants and uh, running shoes and a t-shirt. And I was almost too hot and sweaty, but I was out in the bush uh, moving an ATV. So I didn't really want to be in shorts because right. I'm up bush right i prefer to be in pants during those days um so uh, it's one of those situations where if i'm sitting still not moving around i'm in the truck moving um you know that's not so bad but if all of a sudden i'm moving a lot of heavy gear in and out of the forest now i'm going to be sweating and so uh you get very uncomfortable very quickly and when you're in the 25 to 26 degree range and you're sweating heavy it doesn't take long for you to feel uncomfortable and not have a great day. And so yep. it's easier when you can be properly prepared, you know, be ready for the clothing thing. So I had shorts and I knew I could switch into them or sandals. Right. And what I did is I actually changed footwear when I was done out of boots and shoes and that cooled me down. Right. So it's just, I find it's just that odd time of the year where having a whole lot of different clothing items is really useful. Yep. Uh, it gets cold enough that in your teeth will chatter at night and you know, that will differ from person to person, of mm -hmm. course, but generally that temperature starts to happen when it's under 16 degrees, uh, environmentally people can start getting the teeth chatter if they're not properly dressed. It yep. doesn't take much. Right. And if it's a little damp, that'll hit you even harder. And, uh, we got a really great comment here from Darius. Let's sure do. Yeah, that's why I figured we'd highlight it. Just mentions that an important note on the whole rule of threes. Um, 
that only counts if you're fully hydrated and fed to begin with. So if you start out and you're not fully fed, you're not fully hydrated, uh, that rule of threes has already started and it started a little while ago, right? Before you were even thinking about, okay, I'm in a pretty bad situation here. Now I got to start thinking about, uh, you know, I've got three hours for this, three days for that, three weeks, you know. Mm-mm. It started a little while ago before you were even thinking about that you were going to be in this situation. So that is, that's a fantastic comment from Terry. This is a great point to mention. 100%. Yeah. Um, we were told in the day when I wore green, if you're feeling thirsty, it's too late. You mm-hmm. haven't been drinking enough. Yep. So they just hammered that into our heads. And again, it's not a big deal when it's really cold outside. Although you can easily lose your hydration when it's cold out. It's happened to me before. So I know it it can happen. Um, It's a bit less likely, but if you start off on a hydration deficit, as Darius mentions, it's very easy, very, very easy to dehydrate yourself. So that's a good point. Uh, And the clothing is a major factor in that. So let's not discount the cold thing. No. So it's, it's that time of the year where I'm doing that changeover. And for, for all you hunting aficionados, mm-hmm. I'm also starting to gather my hunting gear yep. and prepare my hunting gear other than just clothing. So we're talking about zeroing rifles um, from training ammo yep. back to hunting ammunition. We're talking about doing maintenance on the crossbow or the bow. If you're running a bow for your hunts, um, there is potentially changeover in your, your shelter gear. So your tenting arrangements. Uh, in my case, I do the, um, I do the uh, hammock thing. So when I'm using my hammock in the full summertime, I don't need all those insulative layers that it comes with. So I can leave those packed away in storage, but uh, this is the time of the year when, um, I, I like to have that extra layer in the pack for that hammock in case it does cool down. I can be really comfortable. So that's all part of the hunting gear switch over. And uh, I include my truck as part of that. So this includes tires, rims, uh, recovery gear. I start to have more shovels around at this time of the year. Uh, not that we have a whole, whole lot of snow yet. Oh, yeah, I use that four-letter word. Oh, no. Uh, I said it first, so you can blame me, everybody. (laughs) When that hits, I don't like to be caught unprepared. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically in the city in Canada, in the more southern latitudes, we seem to have issues with that. I'm talking to you, Toronto. Um, (laughs) But Ottawa is just as bad. Vancouver, you can be forgiven. Y'all don't get much snow over there. I want to winter in Vancouver, by the way. We'll figure that out someday. <laughs> uh, but uh, Toronto, man, tragic the way they handle their winter changeover. Mm-hmm. Ottawa's not much better from my experience. So oh. your city is also a horror show. When the uh, seasons change over, let us know. because um, I think everyone's going to let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll blow everything up on that one. Yep. Um, yeah, so I like to have everything ready in, in my truck for that season changeover, um, including snow tires. And um, that's not something I do anytime yet, but I start lining things up. Where are the snow tires? So, Because right. <laughs> I do my own changeovers. Um, 
like a lot of people out there, I keep uh, a separate yep. set of rims, and uh, I save a lot on, on that maintenance aspect yep. of it. And even if you don't do your own changeovers, start to mark in the calendar when you're going to call the shop to book yourself in because there's going to be that wave and you're not going to get in, right? Yeah. So call ahead and book it now, even if the shop will let you do it. Because then you're, you know, even a month or so ahead, maybe two months. Yeah, right? yeah if, you, you're, if you're, you're dealing with a shop that does tires right now, they will love having you because this is their slow time of the year for tires. They've got that all too, the time yep. in the world to handle your yep. tires and your rim of work. When things get really crazy, those those poor mechanic shops, they're just swamped and they're booking you for, you know, two or three weeks ahead. Yep. Um, that's when, you know, people scramble and it gets stressful. Man, do yourself a favor, do it up, up front. So yep. um, I, the other thing that I do is I keep an eye on the temperatures. When yep. the average temperature starts to drop below uh, seven degrees, I'm already thinking switch. getting into that switch and I'm usually yep. there. So that generally happens here in this area sometime in October, November. I like to have them on and then I'm good to go. Um, yep. Yeah. Then talking, uh, talking cooler weather. So we, uh, we've gotten into the whole clothing thing, but a lot of people will also carry, uh, you know, water, liquids, food, that kind of thing with them in their go bags. Uh, keep in mind, water freezes <laughs> and that's going to sneak up real quick, right? Uh, or if you're carrying like um, cans of anything, you know, if you're, if you're a pop drinker and you're, you're carrying pop in your, in your kits or any kind of other carbonated drink, uh, that freezes. And it'll all of a sudden one morning you'll come out and the can will be burst in the bottom because it's frozen overnight and you're going to go, well, now all the clothing that I switched over is covered in whatever liquid I had in my bag. And now I'm starting from scratch. Right. And it's caught me before off guard where all of a sudden that exact thing has happened. I've gone, I knew it. <laughs> I just didn't, the, yep. didn't think to do it. I've lost, um, I've lost uh, hydration bags mm -hmm. because of that. Uh, right. So that's a, Yep. That's a dumb way to lose a camel back, yeah, just as Gregory mentioned. So yep. uh, if you've got a camel back, if you've got a hydration bag that you keep in the pack, just you know, get that hose cleared out, uh, yep. empty out the bag. Um, there's other ways to carry water around uh, in the wintertime than the bag. Yep. Um, there's a hard canteen, a hard metal canteen. If you don't fill it all the way up, if you fill it, say, about uh, three-quarters of the way up, when it freezes, there's plenty of room and air for that ice to expand and then shrink and do whatever it's doing. And the bonus of having it in a steel bottle or a steel can is you can actually heat it up directly on a flame, and now you're melting ice. And it's always more efficient to melt ice with a flame than snow. So you're better off having a frozen block of ice that only uses up about three quarters of that metal can or metal bottle than having any other means to carry your water. Cause at least with a bit of fire, and you all know how to make a fire, right? I would hope with so. Fire. <laughs> you can quickly turn that little block of ice mm -hmm. into water drinkable, very efficiently compared to snow, which is such a waste of a fire uh, to melt down. So um, yeah, keep that in mind. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, and for those of you who are uh, doing food preps, like myself, up at the cabin right now, I've got a whole bunch of cans 
and uh, enough to fill a, a small bin. Well, that's one of the things I'm going to be grabbing when I do the close-up. So I'm already starting to think ahead of uh, the closing procedures and what i got to make sure I do up there uh, before I walk away. And that includes, uh, well, currently right now, you should be looking at your gutters mm-hmm. because uh, the fall season rains are heavy. And that's usually going to exacerbate any flow issues you have in those gutters. So uh, I'm already thinking of that when I go back up. Um, The rain barrels as well. uh, Putting away all of the stuff that is just not at all necessary in the summertime, like coolers. I can stack those away uh, for the wintertime, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And if you're heating with firewood, Shouldn't you already have your cords of wood already stacked? You can always stack more, though. Just ask Jeff. I think he's two years ahead now. Yes, brilliant. Yeah. If, you, if you're a few years ahead, then you're off to a great start. Yep. You can, at that point, weather a, a major extreme. You know, yep. when you get a heavy, crazy winter with lots of cold snaps. When you've got two years of wood up front or out back, that's not a worry. Um, so now that I'm no longer living full time at the cabin, I don't have to worry about having a whole winter's worth of wood up there. Uh, but I do have a few cords lined up ready. So if I need to go spend a few weeks there, no problem at all. Um, but it is that time of the year where I'm normally speeding up my wood gathering, uh, and also starting to put things away. Um, the fall time is when the rodents and the mice really hit hard as it starts oh, yeah. to get cold. They head indoors, right? So this is a, a good time to do that cleanup as well prior to putting everything away for the winter time. So I'm also doing that. Yeah. And you touched on a good point as well for uh, for those that have alternate locations. Uh, it's time to start getting ready to uh, to get those packed away for the winter. Like we've kind of focused on just the, your everyday stuff that you carry with you or you have in your vehicle for, for everyday travel and such. But those alternate locations need maintenance. They need to be you know shut down for the winter if you're not going to be there uh, or just prepared for the winter if you are going to still be using it. And same for your primary residence, whatever it may be. It's time to start looking at the gutters there, um, looking at the, uh, the exterior, looking at your property. What do you have to clean up or get ready um, do you have to move some things into place if you uh, salt or sand? Do you have to move things into place for that? Do you have to cut down some of your your garden, get that looked after, get it ready? Uh, do you have to remove anything out of your garden bed to, to put it away for the winter, for lack of a better term, right? Uh, there's all that, too, that you have to start looking at um, and get planned for now, Uh because items are available now, you can get them. But uh, once everybody else shifts to that mindset as well shortly, it's going to be trickier to get some of the stuff you need to, to, to A, put your gardens away or clean up your property and, and get it ready for winter or you know do any of that kind of rain gutter stuff or, or maintenance type of work. Get ahead of the rush now because you're not the only person thinking about it. You might be the only person thinking about it now. But once the temperatures really drop, everybody's going to be thinking about it. Definitely. So it's time, time to get ahead of the rush. And that includes all of your motors. So any of right. your yep. lawnmowers that you're packing away, it might be time to start thinking of winterizing them, prepping them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people are already starting to pull their boats out in, in anticipation of mm-hmm. returning to work from vacation. Um, right. 
the other major thing is anything that has water you know if you've got a trailer with water systems of course you've got to be concerned about coolant uh, making right. sure you've got antifreeze sorry not coolant antifreeze in there that's a really important deal um, <clears throat> the other big thing is all those little motors i've got a snowmobile for example needs to be prepared for the winter time uh, it was left out and so it needs to have some maintenance done on it um, cars sometimes you have to prepare them for the winter time you know that's typically when battery issues start to show yeah. up i was just gonna uh, say i usually top <laughs> my batteries off leave them on the charger get my uh, my little booster pack ready to go make sure it's fully charged and operational like all those little things right yeah and now is the time when i want to line up the generators uh, i've got a big generator i'm going to bring over for my little missus so that uh, if she does have a power outage in the middle of the winter time yep. she's got a means to power up at least her um uh, furnace which is a gas furnace a lot of gas furnaces that are residential will not work without some sort of backup power and so yep. when you have a, a generator hooked up to a house uh, unless it is centrally located to the house and able to handle the entire capacity of what's on the house, you're probably going to have to rotate things in and out. Um, but in this case, you want to make sure that at the very least on that furnace, you've got the fan and everything able to turn over and connect to the generator so that you can safely operate everything without an issue. You might have to just rotate in that. So I'm, I'm already thinking of all the mechanics of moving everything into place for that, because I want to have that in place yep. um, prior to the need. As everybody knows, it's when you're not ready. That <laughs> is when you'll yeah. need it. That's right. Uh, another thought. So not only just putting those small engines to, to bed and ready for, for winter, uh, the engines that you put away for the summer, it's time to start getting them ready too, right? So if you haven't done that oil change yet on them or you haven't checked the belts or you haven't checked the spark plugs or any of that kind of stuff, it's time to get them ready to go uh, because you know after that first snow, you're going to be going for that snowblower and if it doesn't start, there'll be some words flying, right? Oh, yes. So, and, and uh, guaranteed, Murphy's Law, right? It's, it's just not going to start and we're going to get that first dumping of snow and it's not going to be fun. So you bet. make sure all those, those winter toys are ready to go now. Uh, and then you'll be happy when the first snow, uh, the first snow flies, you'll just be laughing, ready, just going and your neighbors will probably be cursing and swearing and going, why didn't I do that? Right? <laughs> Definitely. It's uh, uh, the vehicle is, uh, is a big part of the, the preparedness for me as well. Um, I'm thinking of a number of things I need to get done on, on this thing before the winter uh, recovery gear. Mm -hmm. if if you're out and about in the winter time one of the things that happens the most is that you get stuck in snow or you end up in a ditch so right. i like to make sure my recovery gear is always lined up particularly for the changeover to winter time so that includes the winch uh any anything you need to handle off-road situations or um, I used the winch to help people out of the ditch more than I used it for my own self for the first few times. So yep. uh, if you're a good Samaritan type, you might want to make sure you've got your gear lined up for that sort of occasion as well, because it's yep. that time and, of the year people are. And you may there. even want to, to add a few things to the gear that you normally don't carry in, in the, the summer kind of months versus the winter, uh, just because they're simply not 
have any use in the summer versus versus winter time. So something that can help you get some more traction with snow. Uh, and, and of course, depending on where you're driving and where you find yourself, you might need help with traction if you're way out in the middle of nowhere running, you know, trails and such. Yeah. But if you're just doing regular city runs or town runs and that kind of stuff, you might not need something to help you with traction during the summer. But in the wintertime, yeah. 100%. You, you're going to run into that scenario where either yourself or someone else is stuck. So, kind of turning your mind to what kind of gear you need for that versus um, when you're not likely to get uh, or get into a situation where traction's an issue. Uh, yeah, it's turning your mind to that as well and, and just remi- reminding yourself what it's like when the snow flies because we all like to forget as we're going through the summer. Very much so. It's so easy, isn't it? We complain. Oh, about it is. Yeah, we complain about the heat. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and, and then you all know, of a sudden, yep, here's old man winter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fortunately, I, I usually have my hunting gear at the ready, and I, I'm usually excited at mm-hmm. the season changeover because it means hunting season is upon us. So I'm not usually true. unaware of winter coming. Yep. Well, sometimes what occurs, and I hope everybody is listening carefully with this, sometimes what happens is that your plans get changed on you, situations mm. occur, and you all of a sudden don't have time to do everything you had anticipated you would have time to do. Right. And that's what typically happens the most with the people that I know. Uh, yep. They're busy people, they've got children, they've got businesses, they've got jobs, right? Things happen. Mm-hmm. Things slip, there's urgencies, there's unexpecteds, right? And next yep. thing you know, something slips and bam, you're caught unprepared, right? I'll do it tomorrow syndrome. Yes, I'm guilty <laughs> of that myself. Oh, I'm, yep, yep, me too. I'm super guilty of that with all oh, yeah. the things. Yeah, there's been a lot of times where I've gone the, I've been saying I'll do that tomorrow for a year. Tomorrow's here. I'm not ready for this scenario. No, ah. no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it is what it is right we're only human also, yeah exactly and sometimes you're already partially prepared for that other scenario <laughs> so because you're partially prepared uh you'll focus your attention on other things human nature, got it exactly way. <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh like i said it's it's that interesting time of year where everybody's just comfortable with the, the temperatures we've been used to. They're comfortable with the, the, uh, the weather we're used to. Uh, it's been a lot more rain this summer. I'll, I'll, I'll give everybody that at least. There's been a lot more of that that we haven't really been used to the last little bit. But, uh, you know, it's, it's all of a sudden, it's, it's going to just switch very quickly out of nowhere. And like you said, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Snow. Right, so that's <laughs> yep. why I wanted to kind of just have the uh, a little reminder episode of it's coming, and it's you know time to start turning your mind to the fact that old man winter's around the corner. It's, we can't fight it; just embrace it. <laughs> it's time to just start getting ready for it. I'm at the point now where it's the time of the year where I realize probably not going to get all those zillion little projects that I had anticipated getting done. I'm lucky nope. I'll get one, maybe two done, mm-hmm. but then old man winter is going to be on me and kicking yep. my butt again. So and uh, it's time to start again. That's right. So time to hunker down and get her ready. Yep. Uh, and that's exactly the phase I've been in the last few weeks. I'm doing a little bit of the vacation thing as well. well of course you got to relax a little bit. 
you have to a little bit. I've been giving my, myself that, but uh, I'm also allowing myself to think about hunt season and <laughs> the the big turnover, including the truck and yep. you know all that good stuff. And these are good things to do. Um, my system for reminding myself and not forgetting is to actually write it down on a piece of paper with good old fashioned hand and pen or pencil. Uh, that's my way. Yeah, hey, you can't lose it that way. Well, you can lose it that way, but it's not going to just disappear like certain computer files like to do. That's right. And the other thing that I found, and you know, you can you can game yourself a little bit, and that's what I do when I write it down mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. I'm probably going to lose that piece of paper. I know. <laughs> However, no. I also know that having written it down there's a part of it that enters a deeper part of my memory yep. and I'm able to recall it much further out than I yep. thought. So I tend to write it down now more often than tap it into anything or type it into anything because once typed, it's already out of my memory. It's gone. Yep. But if I write it down and I forget that piece of paper and I'm at the grocery store and I'm trying to remember the five things that I told my missus that I was going to get, well, guess what? If I wrote them down by hand with that piece of pen or paper, there's really high odds. I'm going to recall them all. And I'm going to come home and feel like a hero, even though I did nothing special. So <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> the, the mind is a funny thing. I, I find that exact same thing. If I write something down, chances yeah. are I'm going to remember it. It might not be that I remember it in time for it to be useful, ah, but I'll yes. remember it. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, let's, let's admit that um, this does nothing to call uh, to increase or improve recall speed Mm. (laughs) it just aids in recall (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah sometimes it'll pop back to me the weirdest times like oh yeah but usually it stays in there pretty well i think that's why in a lot of um professions they still rely a lot on hand notes like the legal profession Mm -hmm. you want to see people who still handwrite a lot of things legal profession law enforcement profession um, the, the customer relations profession, there's, yep. there is still a desire to handwrite things when you're talking to people. Uh, so that's something that I do to remember and not forget, uh, and write it. And if you don't like writing with a pencil or pen, I don't know what to do for you, <laughs> but this crayon, is the way crayon, it, anybody crayon yeah. bing, bingo dabber. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah magic yeah. marker. Yeah, the magic smelly ones. Yeah, yeah. You, you can draw your finger, draw in the sand <laughs> yep. with a finger. That's yeah, the old yeah, school. Yeah, really old school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. If you don't uh, like get getting a stick your finger in the sand. dirty, yep. you can do the stick. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, we've we've veered way off topic. But we have, fun. we have, but that you know what that happens on this podcast: squirrel, and then we come yes. back, right? Yes, that's good. So, we got ourselves well, back though. That's not bad. We did, yeah. Well, like I said, I just want to do a quick episode on uh, just kind of getting everybody's mindset uh, towards the winter months because it's coming. Uh, quick reminder: we're not doing a huge deep dive into it, but just a couple of pointers, a couple of things to start changing, changing your mindset, a couple of things to start um, switching out. And uh, and get kind of the the mind thinking because old man winter will be here shortly, but yeah, uh, yeah I don't want to beat the dead horse to, with that either. No, true, and it's not quite time yet to like grab our snow shovels and the salt and sand and all that. No, nope, not yet. No, but it's good to start thinking but, about it. Gentle reminder, right? Just 
that it's coming. Yes. A lot of us have already checked our supplemental tags and our additional tags. I got none this year. Uh, so it'll just be a buck that I'll be hunting for this year and maybe bear. We'll see. Nice. Uh, I see a little note here from Dan. Says uh, it's a good time to grab great deals on summer spring stuff for next year and beat it. Yes, yeah, if great you point. are into fishing gear, boating gear, summer stuff, now's the time to grab it. Absolutely, it is. Yep, and it's also an interesting time of the year to also buy fall stuff because it's may not be yet fully priced. I've noticed that in a lot of retail environments, um, they they will favorably price fall and winter stock to try and help move it and get people into the stores and move the traffic in there. So um, you might be able to find some good winter deals. If you do, please let us know. I like it. Absolutely. Too. Awesome. Well, any uh, final uh, thoughts before I move on into the uh, podcast challenge? Just a really random one. Sure, really go for random. it. If you're a shooter, uh, temperatures start to change around this time of the year. Um, so just keep that in mind with your velocities. Um, it's probably not enough to change points of aim, but if you're into a lot of the precision of the long range work, the environmentals are enough to change that up. So keep an eye on those things and always keep that powder dry, of course. That's what I got for <laughs> you. That was my last random. Nice. <laughs> nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that all right well we will move into the podcast challenge then uh so your podcast challenge for this episode start thinking about gear swap over and start putting some of it into practice so like we talked about start moving some of that clothing around um, start thinking about when you're going to take the liquids out of your pack or or you know cut them down and, and leave a little bit of room for expansion or how you want to do deal with that and, and just start putting your mind to it. There's no rush yet, but saying that I'm going to do it tomorrow is going to come to an end eventually. So it's time to just start thinking about it and maybe set a deadline for yourself that I'm this day is going to be my tomorrow and, and I'm going to swap everything over. So, All right. Upcoming events is blank for uh, this episode. We're going to be working on uh, sourcing out some events for you, but right now, nothing yeah, in nothing. the queue nothing yeah. jeff's not here to give us a weather blurb so no weather blurb uh we do have an email here from john and it goes back to the uh, tornado episode so i'll give that a read here uh it says went through a tornado in uh suffolk uh, va in 2008 uh, it was a wedge-shaped e3 with a 20 mile path of destruction uh the tv weatherman said that there was a report of a funnel cloud in my area and would uh, someone tell him if it was true of course i went outside didn't get three steps before i heard the noise and he's got the noise in quotes uh, i instinctively knew what it was uh, the path of destruction missed my house by a hundred yards uh, the medical complex across the lake had the entire roof stripped off there was massive destruction further along the path uh, we all had our neighbors were uh, with, uh, uh, sorry, we and all our neighbors were without injury. So happy to hear that at least. Wow. Says, I'm surprised that no one mentioned the green color of tornado skies. 
Uh, most people forget that a tornado is a three-dimensional event. Inspecting the area after the event, uh, it was easy to see where the descending tornado had met the treetops of the forest and the downward path of destruction until it finally reached the ground. Um, I love your recommendation of a helmet and would add body armor to that. Uh, if you if you have some, I believe that the uh, the bathtub recommendation comes from in the old days when bathtubs were cast iron with an enamel finish. Uh, as for the hide in the ditch theory, I remember it as being uh, taught as an option if you're in a car in the open flat ground. The theory was supposed to be that if uh, it was more likely to pick up the car than to pick uh, you up out of the ditch. Of course, these were some people who are the same people who thought us to duck and cover when the bomb dropped. <laughs> Keep up the great work and signs it off, John. So, oh, thank some, you, John. some good points in there. Uh, yeah. some, some chuckles too, which uh, which is always appreciated. Uh, but good call on the uh, on the body armor. I uh, you yeah. know if, if it's available to you, yeah, Amen. anything will help, right? Now, now I can you know give people a reason for why I have those plates in the truck. <laughs> There's a tornado. Hey, they're tornado plates. That's right. <laughs> just draw a little squiggle tornado on them, and be like they're tornado plates. Yeah. They're not just for extra weight, so I've yeah, got yeah. a better muscle tone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just an added benefit. That's right. <laughs> but no, fantastic uh, suggestion. Uh, Great. The helmet we thought was good, but yeah, body armor if you can obtain it for. Uh, Whatever reason you want, add tornado on the list as well because, hey, a little extra uh, armor is not a bad thing to have when all kinds of randomness is being tossed around by Mother Nature. Indeed. And next episode, we'll talk about the types of NJI ratings you require for tornado armor. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we all have to go down that rabbit hole. It is quite the rabbit hole when you get talking about body armor. I am willing, man. Like, I'm... I want to make an air cannon and now throw debris at uh, armor and see if we can evaluate that. I think we need a sponsor for that. If anybody knows a body armor company that wants a sponsor for science, of course. Science. (laughs) We are willing. (laughs) I'll even throw on the white lab coat for y'all. Per, well, that makes it official. You have to. You need the white lab coat to science. It's just no it's stethoscope. Requirement. Yeah, but I'll put on. The oh no, 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 just the white lab coat and some pens yeah. in the pocket. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But thank, thanks for taking the time, John, to send in an email. Uh, it's uh, much Absolutely. appreciated. He's also sent in a further email requesting a uh, a topic for us to cover, uh, and uh, he's asked for lock picking. I know we've touched on lock picking in the past. Uh, he's asked if we could do a follow-up on lock picking, so we uh, we'll have to start bugging Alan and see if we can maybe get him to come back for a lock picking episode. We'll see. Cool. Yeah, but uh, that is uh, it was on the list before, but now it's definitely on the list since you've uh, you've asked for it there, John. So we'll uh, see what we can do about uh, getting Alan on to uh, to talk about lock picking, or maybe we can find another subject matter expert. But you know, Alan's kind of our guy for lock picking, so. We'll see I, would, I would love to be around for that one. I got a million yeah. questions. I already have my little practice locks right here. So very nice. <laughs> very nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, with that, um, any shout outs, Scunny, before I uh, forget to ask? I got none at the moment for you, bud. Perfect. No problem. 
With that, I'll bring episode 211 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. But please help us out, submit a review. It does help other people find us. Where can everybody find you, Gunny? Well, you can find me on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, and of course on the Discord uh, channel. And uh, feel free to reach out to me anytime. Awesome. And of course, we do record the uh, shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, you can subscribe on the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast. Click the notifications tab and you'll get a nice little alert uh, when we go live. Uh, for myself, you can get me at rapidsurvival.com. There's live chat there. You can also email feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe. Keep learning. <laughs>